Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com One, one side of me is going, you know, she caused you pain. You could just get back at her and not sign. Mm-hmm. But then the other side is like, but is that, is that really where you want to go? Yeah. And is that the heart of the father? Yeah. In the end, I'm like, this is for Kim. She really needs this. Yeah. So maybe in that, she will find something that will be, you know, another yeah. piece to her puzzle. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Welcome to Plathville Edition. Um, listen, was the episode great? Mm, not really. I'm going to give it a B minus, but you know, we still have things to talk about. Amber made her debut on the stage. Welcome to the stage, Amber Plath. That little girl came to play. I was about to call her a bitch. Not going to do that. (laughs) That little girl came to play and I'm here for it. So let's get into the episode. Last week, we um, left on a just totally dramatic cliffhanger of what was behind that garage door, right? Olivia, no, right? Yeah, Olivia is freaking out. Um, Ethan's got his Cheshire cat grin on and... She's nervous. She's like, can you just tell me what this big secret is? Why do I have to go out here to the boondocks of the outer property and and look at it? Like, are you trying to kill me, sir? Right? Like, what's going on? And he's like, no, no, like, I'm really, I have to show you. They briefly show a clip of Ethan in an interview. And in one hand is, you know, those like, glass jars of Martinelli apple juice, the little really cute ones that look like apples. Um, 
he, so he's holding the glass jar in one hand, and in the other hand, he shows the camera the cap. Now, this is like the metal cap that's usually on a <clears throat> thing, like a beverage. I didn't know that you could bend that. It was bent, you guys, out of the sheer anxiety that Ethan had to admit to Olivia that he bought a car while they were separated. That's not healthy, Ethan. Like, what? <laughs> That man is like 140 pounds soaking wet. How did he, maybe I just never tried to, but it seems like, ow, it seems like it would really hurt. And it seems like, you know, maybe a sign that lying is not really the best policy, like you said last week. I don't know. Just throwing things out there. I will give Ethan one point of credit in understanding that apple juice is king. Okay, let's just say it. All of you guys say that orange juice is a superior breakfast juice, and I'm here to say that I'm advocating for apple juice. Like, how is it not better than any other breakfast juice? I don't get it, and I don't understand it. And I'm tired of sitting here and being quiet while all of society praises orange juice as though it's the greatest thing in the world and it's fine okay but apple juice is king and we all I'm ready for you guys to catch up with me and the dozens of us who agree okay sorry I just completely disassociated about my love of apple juice but I love it it's so good how do you not never mind I'm not gonna get into this um so then we finally see this car Honestly, I thought it was a pretty cool car. <laughs> I love like, I don't know anything about cars, but I love a vintage car. And it was like, it had like nice stuff on it. Okay. And it looked pretty cute and like something that would be a really good investment. Now I fully understand Olivia's point with all of this, which is like, why didn't you just tell me? <laughs> right. And he tries to smooth things over by saying that he purchased it, like, he sold off some other things, like a lawnmower or whatever. He used the funds from that to buy this car. And so then Olivia's like, okay, well, when did you buy it? Like, because obviously, like, that's not the concern, right? So then Ethan tells her that um, he purchased it when they were separated. And Olivia's like, okay, you didn't think to tell me about that? hello so then we see olivia and ethan in a side-by-side -side interview and she says that what's hurtful to her is that they were having issues one of those issues being his using his car as his emotional support um blanket or whatever and checking out of their marriage and so their separation was supposed to be a time for them to grow and change things about himself themselves. And yet he went back to one of the things that were an issue for them in the first place. Um, so then back in the garage, Olivia, excuse me, Ethan asked Olivia, she's actually upset and she hits him with the classic, no contact, no eye contact. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> She was not fine, okay? We all know that she was not fine. So Ethan says in his own confessional that he doesn't really understand why Olivia is upset and that in his mind, he feels like he's upset that, she, excuse me, that Olivia is upset about working on the cars in general and that if that's the issue, then they don't have much of a marriage. Do you guys like ever talk? I'm not understand what isn't clicking for Ethan because Olivia seems... um annoying 
(laughs) in the sense that I feel like she always wants to talk about stuff and she's also like a very clear communicator. So I'm thinking what's happening in Ethan's head as she is uh, doing this. Like I'm picturing like the old Mickey Mouse Steamboat Willie where he's just like, uh, you know, at the wheel of a ship, just like whatever, you know, there's like nothing going on in his mind. He's completely checked out. And do these two people belong together? No. Not for a second. They need to break up two years ago. I never should have gotten married. I understand how it happened. But like, let's be real. These two are like not on the same page with each other in any regard. They don't seem to even enjoy each other. And like, you guys are babies. You're 23 years old. Get out while you can. You don't have kids. It'll be so easy. I mean, I know it's like a lot harder now because this is clearly their sole uh, uh, income or at least their main income. But like, let's, let's just wrap this up here. Okay, let's wrap it up. Also, Ethan needs to talk to somebody else. Like he needs a therapist where he can unpack all of these emotions. Um, Like they need to break up, but he also needs to work on himself. And I don't like... I think what Olivia is forgetting is like how repressed he is. And I'm sure that's because she also comes from a similar background and she's like, well, I'm fine. So like, why can't he be? But clearly it's not that easy. And I think what she's doing is like making, she has every right to be upset. I'm not saying she doesn't, but like, I also think she's like maybe taking too much personally when some of this is just like, Ethan's not capable of, like healthy communication with anybody, you know, like it's not just because of her. You guys get what I mean? Anyway, um, just a short clip of Micah in LA with Hayden, which I don't like this child. (laughs) I don't like a precocious, um, person. Hayden has the personality of somebody who would, I don't know if he plays guitar, but he definitely would take out the guitar in the middle of a party when everybody's having a good time and be like, hey, guys, I learned um, Country Road and I'm going to play it over and over again for you. And you all just have to sit and listen to me. I don't like it. Okay, I know he's an actor. I just I can't. Okay, I can't abide by it. I don't care for him. Okay. But anyway, Hayden has a girlfriend. Um, He met her in acting class. She's Brazilian. Not that it matters, but uh, she's also got a friend who they have in their acting class. She's single. So, you know, this is a typical, um, you know, wingman situation, right? Gonna introduce you to my girl's girl. So they come over and, you know, they start making small talk. Mike is telling everybody he's about to go back to, um, uh, sorry, Florida. You know, I was distracted because I realized that there was oatmeal on my shirt. So, you know, that's, that's where my day's going. <laughs> so, um, Mike is about to one turn 21 to go to Florida to celebrate and, they start talking about Micah's upbringing and the fact that he's one of nine kids, right? So, um, you know, the girls are like, oh my gosh, that's wild. Hayden girlfriend, Hayden's girlfriend asks Micah, is your mom okay? And like, we know the answer to that is no, but Micah says yes, right? Um, so then we find out that Micah was born in the dining room 
Three of the other kids were born in the car on the way to the midwife, and one of most of the other ones were born at home. Um, he's also been witness to about half of those births. They were all vaginal births, no C-section. Oy, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we know the answer to that is no. I mean, among other things. That's really the least of Kim's uh, um, quirks, if you will. <laughs> In an interview, Micah says that he used to be really embarrassed about his family and talking about them and people finding out how big it was and the homeschooling and the blonde of it all. And he's found a way to actually use it as like a conversation starter. And it's actually working out really well for him. I'm just like really impressed with how Micah just kind of has broken out of the family, has adjusted to like quote unquote normal life and normal culture and how he doesn't really seem to be like angry or resentful or anything. Like he just takes in stride. Like, I don't know. Maybe I just like don't know 20 year. I definitely don't know 20 year old boys, but they didn't make them like this when I was 20. I know that for sure. <laughs> I don't remember this. He's, he seems like a special boy. Should I have Mike on the podcast? Let me know if you guys want Micah on the podcast. I'll ask him. So anyway, they asked Micah, like, did you know that your family was different? And he says, yeah, like from a pretty early age, he did have an idea because they would go to the grocery store and he would notice that the kids dressed differently than his siblings or they had phones and stuff like that. And he was always very curious about that. So... Then he says, you know, like they praised Micah for adjusting so well, just like I did. And um, he's like, yeah, I mean, not everybody in my family has been able to adjust. Like, for example, my brother Ethan, um, you know, he's very happy or he was happy in his life in Cairo and the shop. And the very small world that he created for himself. Like, he actually enjoyed it. And then Micah brings up an interesting point that he's the only sibling in the family to have just left independently. Not as a result of a relationship or moving with another family member. And that's really forced him to get out of his comfort zone. And to adjust to normal life that way. I want Micah to go to college, I think. You know? I need like, you know, not everybody requires a, excuse me, a formal education, but I think it would actually be really good for him. Like he's a thinker. And again, not that like you can't be a thinker if you don't go to college, but you know what I mean? Like, I just, I think it would be really good for him in a lot of ways. Then we get to what I would call the weirdest scene of the episode. Um, Lydia and Barry have some sort of picnic slash therapy session. Lydia's found a hair crimper. Honestly, it's an improvement. And they sit down in this park to like talk. Um, Barry introduces this scene in an interview by saying that Lydia's old enough to relate and to understand what's going on with him and his personal life and his separation from her mother. (laughs) And he doesn't want to be a burden to her. So like he has to be cautious about what exactly he says to her. First of all, Lydia cannot relate to you. Okay. Her greatest relationship thus far is with her prayer closet and some text messages with a boy that again, she met like 
when she was 10 or something. And he clearly wasn't interested, interested in her, you know? Um, so really she can't relate. Also you're talking, you're her father and you're talking about her mother. She's also 18 and she barely leaves the house. Okay. So there's not a single thing about this situation that Lydia can relate to. Not a one, but here we see him telling, mentioning it all and really treating like she's a licensed therapist and mental health specialist or like relationship counselor. And it was wild. It was really wild to, to watch. Um, so Barry says sometimes he just wants like the hurt that he's feeling to run its course and then move on with his life. And then he says, like, I never thought this would happen. And then he asks Lydia, did you think this would happen? <laughs> what kind of question is that? <laughs> like, okay, my parents uh, divorced when I was eight. So like, obviously neither of them were looking for me to some sort of like counsel. Um, but like, why would you ask your daughter if she saw your divorce coming or your separation coming? Like, that's a weird question, no? Lydia says that it was a huge shock for her and it's just like not something that you can pretend isn't happening. And then she says in an interview that it's really been a big adjustment for her because Kim's barely home now and she knows that the little girls are feeling it even though they're not like vocally expressing it because when she goes home, she's like, you know, Reba McIntyre, a single mom who works two jobs, who loves her kids and, you know, never stops and stuff. So she she's feeling the ripple effects of everybody in the family. And then says Lydia says like looking back there were some things that she could tell maybe her mom wasn't 100% happy with where she was in her life, but there really wasn't a point in like in the moment assuming that this was going to lead to a separation. Then Barry tells his 18-year-old daughter that he feels like her mother, Kim, might be having a midlife crisis, but he's not really sure because Kim hasn't expressed that. This is so inappropriate. <laughs> like, it's so weird. I wouldn't want to have this conversation with my parent now. Uh, I don't know, girl. Leave me alone. And the girl in referencing is Barry in this case. Then Barry reveals that... The purchasing of the dance studio was kind of a crossroads moment, right? Where he was like, well, maybe I shouldn't sign these papers because I'm hurting. Our relationship's not good. But on the other hand, this would be an opportunity for me to show her that, like, I'm committed to this relationship, right? He doesn't explain what it is that he would be showing her, which I think might be the problem, Barry. Like, a lot of empty, large gestures, right? Kim was saying this and the Kim I'm talking about is Kardashian, right? She was talking about um, <laughs> how Kanye does all these grand, huge things, these over the top situations. And those moments are really cool, but she's looking for somebody who actually cares about her and who wants to do little things like, you know, be around each other, have conversations that they like um, like each other, <laughs> things like that. So I give Kim like a third of a point because <clears throat> just giving somebody something with no follow through to like the emotion and the emotional care that you want 
you know, it's only ever going to go so far and it's going to feel empty at some point. Right. Um, <laughs> then Lydia mentioned something about how if Barry didn't sign the papers to get the dance studio for her mom, that it wouldn't have been the heart of a father, which felt very Bible to me. And I don't really want to get into it. So Barry also recognizes in an interview that he and Kim got met and married within the first few months of knowing each other and then just like bam 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 had all these babies four kids in the first five years and that in hindsight maybe this would be a lesson in I don't know getting to know your partner a little more and asking the tough questions and knowing who they are (laughs) before you like let the chopper spray inside their room and have a bunch of kids with them you know so then Lydia asks Barry if he's talked to Micah and Mariah about the separation and he's like, yeah, I've talked to them. They both know they're both supportive, said they'll be here, you know, um, if he needs them or if they need him, if he needs them. Yeah. If he needs them. (laughs) And that the only person who doesn't know is Ethan. He says that he's texted Ethan, not about this, but like just, at some point in the past, Ethan never got back to him. So he's thinking that he might text him again and maybe they can get the ball rolling. Like, again, like you're talking about how you don't have a relationship. I mean, <laughs> all of this is weird. I need there to be, there's got to be one therapist in Cairo, right? Or he can go to Tallahassee once a week. Can't he like tele teletherapy? Okay, that's a thing. I need him to talk to anybody but Lydia because this is going to go down real bad. You know, what is she going to advise him to do? Like, um, why don't you write it down on a sticky note and put it in the prayer closet, Dad? Like, what is she going to say? Why don't you run into the field with your shoes off and sing sing praise songs and cry and talk to Jesus about how badly you need him? Because that's her coping mechanism at this point. And no shade to religion, but like, We all have seen Lydia, okay? Okay, thank you. So back with Ethan, we see him alone. Well, not alone. He's with Philip, but not with Olivia at the garage. And we find out that after their little conversation about the car, Olivia's like, uh, skirt, I'm out of here. I'm going to go back to the hotel. But what she really did was pick up her shit and then texted Ethan, um, I'm like out of here for real. I'm at the airport. Um, see you later. Bye. Cars at the hotel. Uh, maybe Philip can drive you. Or maybe you can take that car that you bought when we got separated. Maybe you can drive it to the hotel and that's how your ass can get there. Okay? And I'm out of here. Peace. So, not good. <laughs> not good. Um, Ethan. Ethan says, you know, in times like this, it's really nice for me to be able to work on my car because I just get so focused that I don't think about anything else. But, Also, maybe this behavior is exactly what's causing the issues with my marriage in the first place. Hmm. I don't know. Let's think about it. (sighs) Jesus, take the wheel, please, please. So Philip is asking Ethan where Olivia is. And he's like, um, yeah, I don't really know where she is. She like left town to go on vacation or something. And 
Ethan says in an interview that he understands why Olivia would be upset and it's valid because he wasn't honest with her. But he also feels like she overreacts. And so he kind of took her leaving town and not even going home, like going somewhere else as a you do you, I'll do me situation and we'll just link up again and talk about it when we see each other. (laughs) So Philip says, hey, Ethan, maybe while you guys are... In this separation, you could, like, text your wife and check in on her. Let her know that you give a fuck. Maybe. I don't know. And Ethan's like, yeah, great idea. Cut to him immediately in an interview being like, yeah, I think I'm just not going to talk to her at all. And, um, no, I think I'm just going to keep doing this. And, you know, I'm going to compartmentalize and, you know, I'll just try to sort things out when we get back. So that's what I'm going to do. Thanks for the advice, Philip. So the next time we see Olivia, she's in the car with Mariah and they're about to go to like some Kava place or whatever. And she tells us that where she went um, after she left Cairo was Miami and she was there for a couple days. So in the car, Olivia asks Mariah, hey, do you know what your brother's favorite flower is? Because I think you're going to need to pick some up for his funeral. And you know what? Here's the thing. I would like to take a moment because I have a tendency to be a little, um, you know, judgmental, I guess, or I would call it observant, okay? So I would like to, I observed a lot of bad, and I would like to observe some good, okay? Mariah looked better than I've ever seen her look in her life, okay? Head to toe. We, we figured out the blonde situation. It's all one uniform color, a color that actually complements her skin, Um She's got her eyelashes completely glued down. I didn't see a bit of lift or um, vision obstruction at all. She had a bold red lip paired with a simple black outfit because, you know, she loves a bold red lip with like a, a magenta outfit or something completely clashing. So honestly, she looked very beautiful. And we have to give her a clap for that. We, we have to. We have. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So anyway, now that that's out of the way, um, Olivia says that this whole situation, the reason why she upset isn't about the fact that Ethan bought a car. It was the timing of it. And the fact that they were supposed to be working on themselves when he didn't. So Mariah says that even though, like, Ethan was really scared about what was going to happen once Olivia found out. And reminds Olivia that everybody in the Plath family has a tendency to see that something might be a problem and just 
push it back, push it back, not talk about it, worry about it for another day. Olivia says in a confessional, like, when you find out that your husband's been keeping a secret from you for eight months and a bunch of other people knew it except for you, you can't really help but wonder how many other secrets might be out there. Which is fair. It's a fair question to ask. Is she spiraling? Yes. But also that man is a chronic liar. He loves it. He lives for it. He just told us last week. So I would wonder that too. I would absolutely wonder that too. So they finally get to this kava bar and they talk about what's going on with the state of her union with Max, which is nothing, actually. She has made peace with the situation. She knows that they weren't meant to be together. And their relationship was actually not great and she let her dreams get away from her. She lost a bit of herself and now she's choosing herself. And like, we celebrate the growth on that because like what, two, three episodes ago, she was like, I know for a fact he was the one for me. I will never find another one. He was my soulmate. He was the love of my life. That was it for me. And I'm never going to do it. And you know, that's just like the charm of being, what is she like 19? So you think everything in the world is absolutely what it is in that moment. And then like three weeks later, you're like, oh, oops, oopsie, not true. (laughs) Mariah's also taken things a step further, fortunately, and is like, I realize that I can't even be friends with Max because even him being in my life is a hindrance on my dreams and my, my life, right? I choose myself. I choose my choice and I choose myself. Um, then this was the thing that I didn't want to talk about last week, which was Joshua, right? And what happened with Joshua? Their, their baby brother that passed away. If you guys don't know, uh, Kim accidentally ran him over. Okay. In the driveway. Um, so Mariah says that, her breakup with Max actually started triggering things with Joshua because she saw the whole situation. She tells us she was six years old and obviously it was like very traumatic and upsetting. But then the other part was that she was very young. She couldn't really remember life before that. And so she just thought that like what she was feeling was just how it was she didn't realize that there was a different way. So when she's losing Max or feeling like she's losing Max, she's having these visions of losing her brother and that she really needs to get on top of that because she doesn't want to continue to live her life, having upsetting things happening. And then she's thinking about, I mean, pardon me, her brother being run over, right? You know, like I wouldn't want to either. Then we get back to the subject of Ethan and Olivia and Olivia says that she feels like neither of them are really getting what they want out of the relationship, but they're not talking about it to each other. And Olivia says that when she was on vacation in Miami, she had that realization. She feels like she's been begging to be loved by Ethan instead of being supported and reassured by him. She's felt this way for years and really the car wasn't that big of a deal. It was just a symbol and more of a confirmation in her that he doesn't really protect her or this relationship and she needs to start protecting herself and finding that safety within herself, which is true. Absolutely true. But after they have this entire conversation, Mariah and Olivia realize that maybe this 
is kind of awkward for Mariah because that's her brother and also her roommates. And she doesn't really want to get into it, but too late, girl. Can't take the toothpaste out of the tube now, can we? Finally, we get our introduction to Amber, Kim and Barry's 13-year-old daughter. Like I said, welcome to the stage. She's like a lip sync assassin for those of you RuPaul's Drag Race fans like she just got on there and shined and she was asking the real questions and I loved it I loved to see it now is this really like the trauma of a teenager um, going through her parents separation on national television for all to see forever yes yeah but you know Kim deserved to hear this and she deserved to get a stick in her side and I loved it and for that, you know, we always got to find the silver lining. And I, Amber really came to play. So let's talk about it. So they are, and by they, I mean, Amber, Mercy, Cassia, and Kim are uh, moving into or settling into one of the rental properties that the Plas have. Um, <clears throat> Kim is still living at the rental properties when she can, when they're available. And so now the ki- the girls are there. So... She's like, you know, I, I really just, sorry. Amber says, you know, my mom's been spending time at the rental properties because she really doesn't want to stay at home. So we're staying with her this time so we can have some time together because we haven't had much together ever since they became separate. <laughs> the Kim reveals that she really hasn't talked to the kids about the separation, even though they all know it's going on and this is going to be her opportunity to answer any questions that they have and then the pity party begins doesn't it because she's like you know I wanted to have a conversation with Barry first and we could figure out how we were going to address this with the kids but I'm getting the sense that Barry's already jumped the gun on that and it's like okay maybe on the surface that would be easy to be like oh yeah that's fucked up but also he's the one caring for your children and he probably has been fielding questions this whole time about like where's mom (laughs) you know because you're not coming home and you're sitting here bringing some jamaican man into our house when you are here flirting with him and cuckolding our father and asking him to do a push-up contest knowing that that man's weak skeletal bones are not gonna make it against this man who goes in the gym every day Okay, so yeah, I think they might have some questions and yeah, Barry's going to have to answer it. Like, what else is he going to (laughs) do? What else is he going to do? You're not home, girl. You're not home. And you also don't seem to be speaking to Barry. So if you wanted to have this conversation so badly, then maybe you should have gotten the ball rolling, girl, to get ahead of the story. So, but I guess we just have to Act like Kim is a victim to this, even though she's abandoned her family. <laughs> I can't with this woman. I really, really can't. Um, So she says to the girls that she wants, you know, the goal in their family to be for everybody to have a good relationship, even though she's breaking up with Barry. She wants she and Barry to have a good relationship. She wants the kids to have a good relationship with each of the parents, etc. Right. The kids to have a good relationship with each other, happy family. And the only way to do that is to communicate. So what Kim decides to do is have the girls 
eat some like Briar's vanilla bean uh, ice cream and play a game of backgammon for two, even though there are four people there. And then when they stop playing, she's like, you know, I um, have been a little bit more open about what the younger kids eat and wear now. Like I'm loosening up my strings and, the reason with that, the reason why there were strict rules in the family to begin with is because it, it was like an out of a desire to become, to correct her own childhood, which is something that I've been saying this whole time. Like, I know that she's a child of an alcoholic and an addict, so I don't want to take that out. But I also feel like there are times where she's admitted that she wasn't able to graduate college and so here we are not placing an importance on education, like even basic education of these young children, right? Um, a lot of things that she does is just very selfish. Like everybody should want their children to have a better life than they did. Every parent is probably even subconsciously correcting some sort of mistake or whatever from their parents. But you're like intentionally holding your children back because you were such a flop bitch. And that's what I can't abide by. Like that's not fair to anybody. And it's also like <laughs> so weird. She says that now that the older kids are out of the house and they're thriving, it's like, okay for her to loosen up the reins on the younger children. And it's like, no, I think this is really just, you're tired. You're tired of being so strict and having these dumb rules for no reason um, other than you being a flop and you're just like tired of being a parent. And so now you're going to be the fun one because you're over it. You just don't feel like doing the work anymore. Like, let's just call a thing a thing, people. So then Kim decides to have a talk with the three young girls. And I was a little bit distracted because either Mercy or Cassia. I haven't worked out which one is which at this point. I'm going to try though. One of them was wearing those like, again, another relic from the 2000s that I'm just very confused about where they found that from. Because again, I know we're doing 90s and 2000s fashion, but I also know we're only doing some aspects of it. And I don't think those like fuzzy sweaters are back. I don't think they are. And yet Mercy or Cassia has one. Where does she get that? Like, how do people get that past, uh, you know, limited to, or maybe the Delia's catalog in 1998? I'm just very confused. How did she get that? Maybe they just kept it this whole time. Maybe that was, um, what's the other, the first one's name? Shenandoah or something? <laughs> uh, Jedediah, whatever the first girl's name is. Um, the oldest girl that we don't see. Hosanna? Hosanna. I think that's her name. <laughs> Jedediah. Um. Maybe it's one of her sweaters from, from back in the day. I don't know. I'm just confused. Anyway, I came back to, I came to when um, I realized that Amber was really mean mugging this whole time. And I was like, oh, okay, let me, let me listen. I perked up a little bit. Um, so Kim tells the girls that basically she's Kylie Jenner. This is her year of realizing things. And she has been for the past few months. And you know, she loves all the little children and they're the best things that came out of the marriage. But as of now, she and Barry are separated and that's why she hasn't really been home. It's like, yeah, duh. <laughs> we know, girl. <laughs> Hello. Um, 
So then she says, like, it's a little bit rough for her to be hopping from one rental property to the other and living out of her suitcase. And, you know, when the rentals are not available, she has to sleep on the couch. And so now they're going to have to figure out a more permanent solution. Was that supposed to make them feel better? Like, all of this is about how inconvenient it is for her. And not about, like, are you guys okay and how inconvenient it is for them and how um, it must be shocking to have a routine with your mother where she's educating you and caring for you all day and then she's gone because she's, like, spread eagle on a bar at her dance studio? Like, hello? What's not clicking with the She's wild. Kim Plath is a wild woman. So Amber says in a confessional that she never saw this separation coming. And she remembers her mom saying back in the day that divorce is not an option for their parents. And so she was feeling very secure in that. But, you know, she also understands that, you know, people change, things change. So then Kim asks the girls if they have any questions or thoughts about the situation. And Mercy and Cassia don't say anything but amber speaks up and she's like you know i do have a question you know i've got a couple questions for you okay so first of all mom um when you bought the studio did you buy it so that you could be you know a little bit more independent so that you didn't have to rely on dad's income mom deserves better than a drugstore card This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. damn (laughs) that's a pretty deep question for a 13 year old it's pretty insightful um has she been watching the real housewives like how does she know about that if you guys don't watch the housewives there's um kind of a theory of like uh a lily pad that some of the wives are in unhappy marriages like camille Grammer for example, um, who Kelsey famously said that he gave her the ability to be on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was like his gift, like his parting gift to her. So there's this sort of theory that some of the women come on the show knowing that their relationships are trash, but they're living with men who are the breadwinners and they don't work. So this show and the income that comes from it is their lily pad to independence, AKA divorce. So honestly, great question, Amber. Great question. I would have asked the exact same thing. 
Kim tells Amber no. We all know that's a lie. And that she really bought it because she always wanted to dance and she always wanted to be in the studio. And when they initially moved to Cairo, she called all the dance studios in Cairo, which I'm sure were three. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> and she asked them and asked them if they, if she could be like the Billy Madison of uh, ballet in Cairo, Georgia, and be an adult with all the kids. But they told her no, they don't do that. They don't do adult ballet classes. Sorry. So ever since then, you know, she's just been pining for the studio, right? <clears throat> so Kim says in an interview that she and Barry were definitely having problems when they bought the dance studio. And so she tried our charitable queen. She tried to tell Barry, you know, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to, but Barry just insisted and said, yes. So then Amber says, okay, well I got another question. Excuse me. Hand raise. Okay. Um, I've been thinking about this quite a while and I heard that you, Kim, wanted Barry to move out of the family home, but if you're the one that wants to break up and you don't want to stay, then shouldn't you be the one to move out? <laughs> Get this woman on 2020. Hello? Get her under the tutelage of Barbara Walters, Oprah Winfrey, hell, um... Uh, who's his name? Ronan Farrow. Great, a great apprentice to Rose, Ronan Farrow. Like, she's asking the great questions, the tough questions, and the questions that we deserve to have answers to, and I, I love it. I absolutely love it. So, Cam again plays victim and is like, well, if you guys want me to leave, then I guess I can, but I was just thinking that the parent that was going to be raising the kid most of the time, uh, the children should be the one to say in the house. So in an interview, Kim says that it hurt her to hear Amber say that. And it feels like Amber blames her to some extent. I wonder why. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, I mean, it is me. I am the one that wants to leave, but Barry's the reason I want to leave. So how can one blame the other? <sighs> She's a monster. She's an absolute monster. Do I think Barry's a good husband? No. Would I want to wake up to his skeleton face every day? No. But also to be like, yeah, I want to leave, but he's he's the one who's making me feel this way. So I feel like I should stay. Ugh, ew. Ew, girl. Ew, David. Kim tells the girls that lately, yeah, she's been doing other things, but Barry works full time and she's a lot more flexible. And so the girls can come to the dance studio with her or she can arrange her schedule to where she can be home. And it's like, okay, well, you haven't been doing that for the past few months. So why would they think that you were going to start now? <laughs> He's been working full time and raising, well, Lydia has been raising the kids. So like, why would they think that all of a sudden you're the flexible parent? The only thing that you've been flexing on is that bar. Okay. Spread your legs all over that black bar, the hard black bar. So that's the only flexibility they've seen. Why would they think that you would are all of a sudden interested in getting being the primary parent? And like, really, like we know what this is. If you leave, and you're not taking care of the kids, then you're not going to get child support. We all know how this works. 
We all know how this works. Amber says in an interview, like, I kind of understand. I can't really say I'm angry at you anymore, but I also feel like dad bought that dance studio knowing the risk, knowing that, like, you might leave because of it. And I think, like, basically what she's saying is I think you're not really recognizing how generous, I don't know if that's exactly the word, but, like, how... Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to say how generous that was of him to be like, I'm going to give her this gift knowing that she might use it as a way to get out of this relationship. Like, he took that risk for the sake of their relationship. And, you know, maybe Kim needs to to put some respect on Barry's name because of that. He gave you an out, right? Like, you know, he, you don't have money. You don't have money, girl. That was him. Fair point. Amber's very astute. A very astute. I want Amber and Micah to go to college together, really. They can just go right now. So Kim says, that, you know, Amber's allowed to be hurt and upset and express that. And, you know, that's probably because, you know, Kim's doesn't really give a fuck. <laughs> and also she's not around. You know, everything just comes, all roads lead back to Kim. So what does it matter if somebody has hurt feelings? Because she'll find a way to make it about her. Who cares? Let's do it. Oh, God. Amber says that she admits when she first heard about the separation, she was mad at Kim. But now she kind of hears her perspective a little bit. Like, it's a little different. And she understands the sense in the sense that, like, she knows that her mom is not happy. And that she sees it. And she's not like, oh, I'm just leaving, like, to leave. She's actually unhappy, but also that she's going to keep talking to her mom and asking some questions. And I hope roll that beautiful bean footage, get her mic'd up. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. The episode ends back in Tampa. Ethan's driving on his way home. And he says in an interview that he didn't really want to go back to Tampa. He hasn't seen Olivia since she left Cairo. And then we see Olivia. She's inside the house and says, yeah, me and Ethan are not in a good place and in an ideal world i would like to have ethan come in this house and tell me that he's sorry and that he really wants to work on things so then ethan says you know i can't really predict what lydia is going to be giving me when i get to the house but i can bet it's going to be emotional oh god (laughs) they're doomed they're doomed ah and with that um i'll talk about seeking sister wife later this week thank you guys so much for listening if you want to give me a a five-star review on apple Podcasts or spotify i would greatly greatly appreciate it thank you guys for listening thank me for speaking 